Today's guest is an author of a book, Queenology and Father-Daughter Talks. R.C. Blakes is a pastor and voice of female empowerment, guys. From books to women conferences to mentoring groups for women, Pastor R.C. Blakes, guys, doesn't tiptoe or dance around the hard conversations. And he really does just say it how it is in order to help women who are struggling right now. Today, we talk about why women shouldn't pursue a man and it's actually not a good idea. Now guys, I do push back a little on here, so I'm just warning you from now. (laughs) And he actually calls out the high-value man. He addresses the high-value woman debate and reveals what it takes to become a high-value couple that respects both masculine and feminine energy. And finally, whether being submissive is actually a detriment or it can be beautiful. So without further ado, this is one of those conversations, guys, that you're going to want to be a fly on the wall and listen to. Before we dive in, though, guys, please, if this episode brought you value, the one thing I ask is to please rate this and review it. This really does help spread the word, get the podcast out there more. And if you are somebody who is looking to impact someone else in your life, that is the one ask I do have is to also share it. Guys, I can't do this alone. I would love your help. So please do share. Now, without further ado, let's dive in with my homie R.C. Blakes on Women of Impact. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You talk about the fact that as women, we should never pursue a man. Absolutely. Why? I stand by it. I believe that the energy of masculine energy versus feminine energy, they both have assignments. And masculine energy is designed to pursue. Feminine energy approves. And when a woman pursues a man, she cannot pursue a man without losing a part of herself. What do you mean by that? Well, the feminine soul when you think about the feminine soul of a woman, is not designed to jeopardize its virtue. In other words, if if you put a man in a club and he pursues one woman and she rejects him, then he goes to another, she rejects him, he'll just continue. But if a woman pursues a man and he rejects her, something is broken in her. And she'll leave that club. And in her mind, she will have a sense of inferiority. And there will be a brokenness that will take a lot of time to heal. So a lot of people right now are saying, but why is that? Why do you believe that that's one way for a woman? Why would a woman be broken just because she got rejected? Why can a woman not keep going and look for the right person herself? Well, I think we're built differently. You know, when women approach relationships, women are approaching from a place of love, really seeking love. 
Whereas men are socialized to really approach relationships for a fling, for sex. And so the, the two outcomes, desired outcomes are different. So if a woman rejects a man, he just moves on. But when a, when a man rejects a woman, and if she pursues a man, she gives him the power to reject her. And if he does reject her, it leaves her second guessing her own inner worth. And so this leads to a woman getting caught up in something I call the approval trap. The man that rejected you um, becomes ingrained in your consciousness. And sometimes this is even subconscious. And so the woman is seeking to win the approval of that man or one like him because it left such a negative impact on her soul. And so women argue all the time with me that, you know, I'm wrong, I'm old fogey, and that it's not like this. Women can behave just like toxic masculinity with no consequence. But the reality is there's a price to be paid for a woman that pursues a man. Then you also, uh, you jeopardize the natural rhythm of the relationship between a man and a woman. If a woman is going to be a man's wife, he has to prove leadership. Well, if a woman is going to do all of the work at the outset of the relationship, she doesn't realize it, but it won't be there. Because the way you start is usually the way you will continue. So if a woman has to jumpstart a man, she will have to keep him motivated in the relationship. Okay, I there's so much gold here. And I want to make sure that I can be somewhat, hopefully, that voice between the two parties because Correct. I'm all about female empowerment. I am. Def I came from being the stay-at-home wife for eight Correct. years, and now I run the, my business with my husband. Correct. And I want to address the realities of my relationship and of a relationship that has worked like yours and your wife yeah. and me and my husband is addressing the fact that there's a rhythm to couples. Rhythm. That if there's a rhythm to the couple, what dance are you doing? And are this like the tango? There's only one person that can lead. Correct. And so if we just say in any dynamic, there needs to be a leader. And now it's who is going to lead. If we can break down, just everyone just admit that. Okay, yeah. great. Now to your point in saying, if you join a relationship or you enter a relationship where you are the leader, you've, you've pursued the, the person. Correct. Because I almost don't have any problem. If you want to pursue someone, go pursue someone. But just know the consequences of what that leads to. Correct. And what you're saying is that leads to the fact that that person, if you're a woman, you're looking for a man, that now you've, um, you've approached someone who is interested and likes that dynamic. And now when you get married, that yes. person is gonna remain in that dynamic. Yes. So now if you as a woman are now looking to the man to protect you. Um, and there will come a time when you will need that. And now if you're worried of, well, well hang on a minute, he, he hasn't, he's not stepping up. The Correct. reason being to your point is because you started the relationship with a different dynamic. Correct, on the wrong foot, on the wrong foot. Um, my wife, Lisa and I, Lisa is very assertive. You know, she's the business, she's the brain. Um, 
I'm, I guess you would say the brand. I'm, you know, the, the creative. But the reason we work is because even when we were much younger, uh, we respected the roles. Though she was, she's always been an assertive, uh, get it done type lady. When it came to the dynamic of our relationship, she always, I wouldn't even use the word allowed me to lead. She always demanded that I would lead because if I did not lead, she would not be able to respect me. And I think a lot of ladies fail to understand that. Sometimes the desire for the semblance, the the imagery of a relationship, sometimes that is so um, intense that you fail to understand that there's a big difference between the imagery of a relationship versus an actual relationship. And in an actual relationship, When a woman wakes up one day, when the honeymoon is over and all of the cute things are done and the realities of life hit, if she cannot respect that man as a leader, that relationship, the chemistry of that relationship is done. And this starts at the inception. If a man does not have the wherewithal to start the relationship, pursue you and respect the fact that um, you are a gift. I think most women miss that. Mm. And to your point about the leading part, there's a, um, I believe, a misconception in today's society that people think that if you lead, it means the other person's weak. Mm-hmm. And I think in the beautiful thing about what you just said about your own personal life and story is that it was equal Correct. of you both to say, as your wife, I, this is what I'm looking for in a relationship. And I think that's so important to echo because A, it doesn't mean that just because you're leading that you're better. No, like it does people not. have a perception that, and as a woman, I'm going to be very honest with you, Arcee. I definitely thought that. I thought that if Tom led me, it meant that I was weak, that I was just a follower and that I didn't think for myself. And oh my God, that is so detrimental to relationships, to couples, because there's value in both. Correct. And, and you know, the big thing today is um, the high value man. Everybody's talking about the high, the six figure, seven figure, eight figure guy or uh, the high value woman. The value of the man is based on how much money he makes. The value of the woman is based on how she looks. When the reality is, you know, coming from my context, being a preacher and all of that kind of thing, you go to the Bible, as I do, uh, God's original design was never about a high-value man or a high-value woman, it was always about a high-value couple. What the two could become together. Now, though I am, and my wife respects me as the leader of our family, I'm the emotional leader of our family, um, I'm the visionary leader of our family, we are yet equal partners. It's almost like um, a pilot and the co-pilot. Co-pilot has as much capacity and control and ability as the pilot, but they work together. And so it is in uh, relationships. If a woman wants to have a lifelong partnership with a man, 
she should see from the very outset that he reveres her enough to pull the trigger, that he has enough gumption to lead, and she should not have to jumpstart him. Mm. She should not have to jumpstart a relationship. And I think when a woman is tempted to jumpstart, pursue a man, she has to go back and check out the health of her own individuality. And what do you mean by that? How do you look at the health of your own individuality? I think every if 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 you need to be married or joined to someone, you don't need to be married or joined to anyone. In other words, if you're not a fulfilled, healthy and happy individual as a standalone you really don't need to be joined. You're not qualified to be joined to anyone. And I think a lot of women are in pursuit of men because society has built this idea in them that the only way you're going to ever be considered valuable or worthy or significant is going to be based on your relational um, Mm -hmm. attachment. Mm -hmm. And so if, if a woman has this, you know, this, desire to just, I'm getting desperate and I want to, I think I just need to shoot my shot and pursue a man. She needs to go back and check her own heart because if you pursue a man and if you attain a man, he's not going to be able to bring you happiness. Lisa and I have been married going on 28 years. I can't make her happy. She has to find that within herself. She can't make me happy. We improve each other's lives. I know how to assist her happiness. But she has to be a healthy enough individual, separate and apart from R.C. Blake's. And I view her as an individual separate and apart from R.C. Blake's. But I think today the way the, the, way the world is uh, pushing women, you know, so we're saying to women now at 25 years old, you hit the wall. It's over for you. You washed up. You may as well settle. I think we have to turn that noise down. Women must turn that noise down and women must go internally and and rediscover who they are innately, who they are based on the creator's design of them. And when you can come out of that personal work and you can say, I'm happy, I'm fulfilled, I'm in purpose, now you can sit back And you can allow what is destined to be to actually manifest as opposed to creating a lot of things out of desperation. The word desperation hits me really strong because I think when I was insecure with myself, I was desperate. And I think the desperation came from wanting to feel good about myself. And when you want to feel good about yourself, you're searching almost like frantically for that one thing. And to your point, I think I would turn to guys and boys at the time before I met my husband as a way of trying to feel validation from somewhere. And then that leads to the desperation of maybe finding someone that isn't right for me. And it also leads to me being blind, I think, for a lot of women being blind to what they're going after. And I heard this analogy of yours and I just thought it was amazing. I was like, every woman needs to think of this now. It's like bleeding in the water and not expecting sharks not to come for you. And it's like if you're bleeding, being the desperation, then if you can understand that, of course, sharks are going to be drawn to the blood 
then that's why you're surrounded by sharks. So to your point of if you have the desperation, you're only going to be attracting people that Correct. don't respect your value. That hits me very strong. And I love that. Correct. Which is why so many women have um, a long track record of horrific relational experiences. Um, a woman in particularly, in my opinion, because... Women are God's greatest gift to the universe. That's, you know, I, I hear some guys mm -hmm. say, well, uh, I'm, we're the prize. The man is the prize. No such thing. No such thing. The woman is God's greatest gift to the universe. And it's not until she understands that, you know, she has to go internal. I call it queen consciousness, you know, and that's what, that's where a woman really awakens to her true worth, her true value, what she has to offer. Most women today are not aware of the value they bring into a man's life. The world has blinded the woman to her true worth and her true value. And so I also liken it to, you know, being not far from Rodeo Drive, It, it the imagery would be almost like the woman today would be like, an authentic Chanel bag being sold on a Walmart shelf. Mm -hmm. When you don't know your value, people can put you in places that you don't deserve. And being a woman that has to pursue a man and run a man down is far beneath anything that the creator has designed for women. There's so much complexity there because I really do hear the fundamental thing that you're saying. Also, that it is very hard as a woman to think that um, a different gender is telling me what I should and shouldn't do, right? That's, I'm, sh I'm sure you get a correct, lot of pushback correct, because of that. Correct. And so, I like to go, okay, just assume there's massive wisdom in what you're saying. And so, instead of pushing back, I just go, okay, well, it doesn't mean that I have to, it doesn't Correct. mean that, but at least understanding and knowing what human nature is like, what guys are like. And I think that what we're trying to do in today's society is pretend that doesn't exist. Yeah. And in trying to blend everyone together, it's almost like we're saying, no, 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 everyone's equal, so everyone's the same. It's like, no, no. everyone isn't the same, but yes, we're equal. We are equal. And so now, if you're equal, how do you want to show up? And now if you say you want to show up like X, Y, and Z, what is that knock-on effect, the repercussion, you know? Um, and so even with me going into business, my husband said, you've hardened. And because I was a stay-at-home wife for eight mm -hmm. years and I was the nurturer and I was like the caretaker yeah. and I went into the business side, we had to have the honest discussion about how I was transitioning and how I was showing up. Now, if you don't have those conversations and you have the idea, like what you were saying, right, where it's just, oh, not the idea, but you're just like, well, it's all the same. It shouldn't matter. The chances I would have been divorced. Yeah. And to your point of the reason why you and your wife have been married for 28 years, how you can sit here and talk about relationship in such a beautiful way is because it's about being honest and having the truth about the dynamic that is right for you. Correct. Right for you. If you're happy with whatever your life is, however your life is manifesting right now, if you're happy with that and you're genuinely happy with that, hey, good, rock out. But for, but for the women who really sit back and say, I, I want to have a significant relationship. I want a marriage and, and I want these things. Uh, some of the concepts that I teach, I think could be very beneficial. Do I know everything? Absolutely not. 
is it is it one size fit all? Absolutely not. There's no cookie cutter process to relationships. But one thing is for certain, you have to be able to, at the end of the day, look in the mirror and feel good about who you are, the choices you've made, and you have to protect your own self-respect in whatever process you choose. Mm. I love that so much. And again, there's so much nuance. I'm just going to keep saying, because I really want people to pay attention to what you're saying, because there's so much power in it. Like when I was listening to your stuff, there were moments where I'm like, I was triggered by what you were saying. and But at the same time, I was like, but there's actually truth to it. And that's where I think that if I can be the facilitator between the trigger and the truth, I think that that's where we can make real Correct. change. And so Correct. the where, where I was triggered um, was when you had said, there was a video where you said about women being submissive. And oh. you got, I'm sure, a lot of pushback on that. you brought that up. But then you then followed it up with, Correct. I'm not saying to be submissive to anyone, you have to trust and you have to. So please Correct. talk to me about being submissive because this is a freaking controversial so issue. So glad you brought that up. I would have missed that had you not brought brought that up. That's a big issue today. You know, um, women want husbands, but they, they're triggered by the word submit for obvious reasons. Sometimes we as men want to act like we don't understand why women are so triggered by the concept of submission. Well, we have, meaning men in general, a lot of us, we've um, traumatized mm-hmm. women with with lies, with abuse, so forth and so on. When we use the term submission, when I use the term submission, there's a step that has to come before a woman is even capable of exercising authentic, healthy submission. And the step that has to come before that is she has to have a man that honors her. Honor is like the seed. Submission is the fruit. You don't get the fruit before the seed. If a man steps into a woman's life and he honors her, going back to the pursuing thing, a man that honors you pursues you. You don't have to run him down. He'll pursue you. But if a man honors a woman and he loves that woman, and honor is really the ultimate submission, because sometimes men, we we want to heap all of the submission upon the woman. The reality is it goes both ways. As a husband, I submit to Lisa all the time. She's smarter than I am in a lot of ways. And in those areas where she can lead, I let her lead. I don't interfere. And um, if I say, well, Lee, I think we should go this way. It's always in the context of our discussing it and talking about it and my respecting her. No woman should submit to a man that demands submission. If a man has to demand submission, he does not deserve it. Submission should be the natural response of a woman to a man that has honored her, made her feel safe, valued, and a man that has earned her trust. Woman can't even give a man trust. He has to earn that. And when when he's earned that, submission will be the natural response. It's It's the relational rhythm of a healthy masculine feminine dynamic. What up, guys? Now I'm going to share something with you. I can sometimes have a tendency to overthink, 
question myself and sometimes, or maybe very often, doubt the decisions I've made. And so my mind just starts spiralling round and around. Does that sound familiar? Well, let's face it, when it comes to hiring people on your team, the pressure to make the right choice, the right hire and the right person is even bigger. The stakes are so freaking high. So you need to actually make sure that you have the right tools to help you find the right people so that your team can actually have clarity and work with utter confidence. And that's why, honestly, you've got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion, let me repeat that, a billion with a B, professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. It gives you access to professionals that you can't find anywhere else. And their simple tools make it so easy for you to filter candidates that actually have the skills and experience you are looking for, which saves you time. It's the one thing you're never going to get back is time. So hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. It's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 20 24 hours. It's exactly why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. So guys, go check them out. LinkedIn jobs can actually help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. So go and post your job for absolutely free guys at linkedin.com slash Lisa. Once again, guys, that's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. Now, we've all had that one friend who chimes in with the old adage, if it's right, it should be easy advice when we're having relationship problems. But from my experience, homie, that's not at all true. Whether it's romantic, friendships or professional, all relationships, all relationships require that you put the time and effort into growing and developing that relationship. And the best, most rewarding relationships happen when both people are willing to put in the freaking hard work to make that happen. I mean, that's certainly been mine and my husband of 21 years motto. So my homie, when you do actually face challenges in your relationship, therapy can be a great place to feel heard and work through it. And there's no easier or more convenient place to get started with therapy than with BetterHelp. Now, BetterHelp is 100% online and flexible to fit wherever and however crazy your schedule is because that's the important part that you can absolutely have better help navigate your current life with the bandwidth that you have and all you have to do is answer a few questions to get matched with the therapist that actually can best help you and be catered to you so guys become your own soulmate whether you're looking for one or not so go visit betterhelp.com slash women today to get 10% off your first month that's help h-e-l-p dot com slash women oh my god i see that was so powerful like that was so beautiful because the word itself has become toxic and to your point is because i think it's just been abused and so now when you hear the word submit it means that you're overpowering me without my ability to stop you i think that that's actually how people perceive the word submission and what you're saying is it's not that at all it's organic and that it can be beautiful. Absolutely. It's organic. It's beautiful. It's divine. Um, it's happening before you realize it's happening. And I think if I have anything to reiterate, the man that has to demand it of you does not deserve it. The man that deserves it does not have to demand it. It's because his treatment of you, his honor and his respect his consistency, his protectiveness of you naturally draws out of you, out of your feminine um, 
the desire, even before you realize it. It's almost like a subconscious um, reaction to healthy masculinity. That's actually a really interesting way of thinking about it. It's like if you're listening right now and you're finding yourself being submissive, um, how does it make you feel, right? Does it make you feel really good or does it make you feel bad? Um, And then what is leading to that? Why are you being submissive? Is it because I feel so safe and comfortable with this person? Or is it if I don't, then they're going to leave me? Or if I don't, they're going to be emotionally abusive? And I think that that then will help people identify where it can be beautiful because I don't want people to ignore this this point about... a thing that I think is very beautiful in a relationship. Correct. Um, manipulation, control. When you when you're feeling those things, that's that's bondage. Submission is a beautiful thing that empowers a person. And I personally believe, you know, twenty eight years of marriage, that um, a man teaches his wife how to submit by the way he submits to her. Mm. You know, my wife, when we got married, um, she had been on her own since she was like 15. She was uh, independent, extremely independent. She did not need me to take care of her. In fact, when we first got married, she made more money than me. And um, it it was my handling of her, my treatment of her, that just naturally, naturally, it has to be something natural. It cannot be forced, mm. contrived. It cannot be. And when you feel like it's forced, that mean to you that means that there's like a, an issue that it hasn't been addressed. Yeah. yeah, there's an issue. There's a there's some level of manipulation on the part of your partner, or there's a a, a deep level of insecurity in you. That needs to be addressed. Your individuality is probably broken on a certain level so that you feel like you have to do these things to keep this individual or this individual is actually indoctrinating you that if you don't submit and do, as I say, uh, I'll, I'll leave somewhat of a narcissistic type type dance. But when it's when it's authentic, when it's healthy, when it's organic. It's happening without you even realizing it. Mm. That's what I was going to ask you is how do you um, help your women, your female audience? Because you've got such a big, beautiful female audience that look to you. And I'm sure that there's moments where it's like um, there are women who are being submissive to a man out of abuse, out of a narcissistic relationship, out of something that's toxic. And in your message, you're either triggering someone or you're really helping them. And so if moments right now where if they can hear what you're saying, maybe can um, maybe shine a light on the fact that it's a manipulative behavior and not an organic one. So what are those things that people need to start or that they can start to identify that they can recognize? Oh, wow. Hang on a minute. This actually isn't the healthy submission. It's actually the toxic one. Absolutely. Any relationship um, pours into you. Um, it's it's almost like the illustration of, um, you know, taking a a water bottle and, you know, having one full, one empty and assuming or thinking that everything you pour out into the empty bottle is going to be reciprocated. A person that does not meet you on equal on an equal level 
does not bring the same level of energy to the relationship is not going to satisfy your soul. So if there's something going back to energy, energy does not lie. If you're in a relationship and you feel pressured, you feel subjugated, I think you probably need to pause for a minute and really ponder, you know, what is the, what's the source of this? Where is this relationship actually rooted and grounded? Because it has to be something that flows from a life source. My wife gives me life. I give my wife life. It's the, it's the yin yang. It's not the constant. A lot of people in relationships where they're constantly pouring, 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 and a person never pours back. Mm. I think looking at looking at the realities, you know, really pondering and thinking about uh, your intuitions. Some people are in relationships right now and there's something on the inside of them, that spiritual part of them that is saying this is not right. You know, you you have all of the the trimmings, but the internals are lacking. Um, relationships start from the core and then they work their way out. So it has to be happy, healthy, and whole from the inside. And if 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 a person does not fulfill you, a lot of women want to choose a man based on how much money he makes. Just because a man can afford you does not mean he can value. <laughs> and so a lot of women are caught up in toxic relationships because mama taught them, society has taught them, oh, you need a man with money. And the reality is he has the money, but he lacks the inner deposits to be able to satisfy the core of you. Just really stopping and thinking about um, what you're getting out of this. Oh, God, that was so good, RC. And then also, if you don't mind talking about actually... um the trauma, so talking about where we get things from childhood, maybe our parents have taught us, but also the lack of having maybe a male figure in our life. Um, I believe that you were a father at 15 years old. Correct. Um, and then talk to me about having a daughter and then how you've really thought through how this is a big thing for us women as adults and why we end up finding ourselves in these relationships that don't serve us. Correct. I was... Um just the product of toxic masculinity. You know, that stuff is generational where, where we as men are taught, well, you know, your value as a man is based on sexual conquest. Mm -hmm. And so at 15 years old, I was, I was a teen father, son of a pastor. So you, you can imagine what that dynamic looked like feeling him, you know, like I'm a disgrace to the family and religious community was legal to hang a person on a cross, I would have been on the cross. And um, and I had two other daughters after that. So I had three, we had three grown daughters. And one day, um, my daughters pulled me aside and they said to me, you've been a great provider. Uh, you've been a great protector. But we need to hear your counsel. There's some things we need to hear you say that will solidify certain things in our hearts as young women. I had never had a thought that my responsibility as a man to my daughters 
would go beyond providing and protecting and raising them, educating them, and letting them go into the world. And what they were basically saying to me is, you've, you've released us into the world without teaching us how the world functions, the dangers that are in the world. There are certain things we needed to hear you say to establish our self-esteem. And so what we're looking at today is a generation of women who, who are suffering from one degree to another from what mental health professionals call the father wound. And that's, you know, the impact of not having had the paternal participation in a woman's developmental process. Now, sometimes fathers are physically absent. Sometimes they're physically present, financially present, but emotionally disconnected. What I've come to learn is that there's something powerful that happens in the development of a woman's psyche when she has a father that affirms she's beautiful, when she has a father that wants to hear her vision, when she has a father that encourages her, that she can do whatever she sets her mind to. And she has a father that gives her all of the experiences. That woman tends to more times than not into the world with a healthy self-love and consciousness that a woman who has not had that lacks. And so the woman that's not had the healthy paternal participation, she goes into the world searching for those affirmations through relationships. And more times than not, she's disappointed. So even my process of, you know, it's weird to be a man and have 88% of your audience be female. My process is, is from a paternal perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I try to speak like a, like a father would have talked to his daughter. I try to speak like an uncle. I try to speak like a big brother. Because many women have lacked that and they've not had, you know, the triggering truth delivered with um, obvious love. So I try to be as compassionate and as loving as possible, but I try to deal with the issues, as you put it, that quite often trigger women. But sometimes we have to be triggered to be helped. And so a lot of women say, well, you know, you triggered me and I pulled away from your content for a couple of months, but I thought about what you said. Now I'm back and now I'm able to hear and I'm able to go back and um, redo some of the things that I did wrong. Because I believe all of us at a certain point in life quite often have to reparent ourselves because no parent gets it all right. And sometimes we just didn't get what we needed from our parents. And so there's a point in your adulthood that you have to go back and you have to make the deposits into yourself that maybe dad should have made or or mom should have made, but not just continue the cycles of dysfunction. 
God, I, uh, thank you for breaking that down. That was beautiful. And then as you were talking, I was really thinking about how it ends up being really detrimental, I mean, I think to both men and women, right? To your mm-hmm. point is that it was a generational thing taught to you that, well, the emotional side of it wasn't even a thing. It's like, as long as you provide with right. a roof over the head and your kids are fed, as a man, your job is done. And so you right. were taught that. And so to then think about how that impacted you to show up and then thinking about the same for women, um, I think it's something like now 70% of people um, in like inner cities are brought up without fathers or something crazy like that. And it's like, that's just an astronomical um, percentage to then think about how this becomes the echoing effect of a a father not being present in a child's life. Um, And then to feel like the the value because you do seek that when you're a kid. So if someone has grown up and has just heard what you've said, but doesn't have the father, and it recognizes, oh my God, actually, maybe this is part of it. How do you start to reparent yourself? I think it probably starts with therapy. And I'm no mental health professional. I'm always quick to say that. Mm-hmm. But what a great therapist can do for us is a therapist can comb through the memories and the psyche and bring us back to the points where certain behavior, belief systems in us, where they started. Give you a personal experience of mine. Here I'm I'm doing this women's empowerment thing and I'm teaching one night and I guess there's about six, 700 women here. And I'm talking about, I'm on the stage, this is live. And I'm talking about how I was a 15 year old father. And I'm talking about how I lived a life of promiscuity and how I was sexually active from earlier than 15. And it hit me on that stage. The reason why I was so um, over-sexualized so early is because when I was a very young kid, older women actually sexualized me. Mm. But I never identified it as abuse Because the culture said, oh, you're the man. You started early. And then I'm on the stage and it hit me. The reason your life went down the path it went down is because of what these older women did. And that was abuse. I had never identified it as abuse. Well, that just kind of happened for me. It was an epiphany. But a great therapist can help you to get back to those points where something started, deprogram and bring you through the process of giving you a whole new belief system about who you are, what's possible, what you should expect, you know, so forth and so on. And then I would say you have to then change your circle because the thing that has the greatest impact on um, what we believe and how we behave would be the people that we're constantly hearing and surrounded by Mm. the music we listen to, the podcast we tune into, and just continue the process of moving in the direction of, you know, the best version of yourself. But knowing the difference between that and, you know, what's undesirable, Mm. what you don't want versus what you do want, Mm. what you don't deserve versus what you do deserve. I love that. And thank you for breaking that down, that honest um, thing about you on stage, because I think that there was there are moments where we think, we, right, you've done all the work. Right. I mean, when was this? Right. 
Oh, this had to be six, seven years ago. Okay, but had you been doing work yeah. on yourself yeah. since the age of 15, Correct. right? Or Correct. maybe slightly older. But so to think about even that, sometimes you need a moment of an epiphany. And so when I think about what those look like, it needs to be, in my opinion, and I'm just, just my opinion, um, I think it needs to be being a, um, present of discussions that maybe make you uncomfortable. Correct. In order for you to be able to hear that maybe there's something that has triggered you in the past that then you've put your wall up and not addressed it. Right. And so there was one thing I really wanted to ask you with everything we're talking about now was you were in a group of women and you triggered them when you asked them, or you stated, in fact, where you said women typically treat men that have treated them badly. They treat them better than men that have treated them well. Correct. And in this story that you're telling, is this interview that I was watching of yours, you start to say, and everyone was pushing back and everyone was like, what do you mean? No, we don't. And then a few of them just started to cry. Talk to me about why were they crying? Obviously, you clearly triggered them. Um, but... What a profound and honest statement to make and then for women to actually realize it's true. It's true. Um, women do tend to give um, bad boys, the world might term it, better treatment than they do good guys. Term what good guys finish last. And we're, we're socialized you know, this is why these conversations have to happen. It's because most of what we're listening to says to a woman, okay, this guy, okay, we're here in uh, close to Hollywood or wherever. This is the kind of guy that's attractive. This is the kind of guy that's desirable. And when you look at the type mm. of man that the woman is socialized to desire, He's not the type that's going to really be a husband. He's not the type that's going to really be a rock or a leader. He's the type that's going to create a lot of drama. So women don't realize that they are, they've been socialized, socially conditioned to reach for that guy. And on the flip side of that coin, socialized against having any, even an attraction to a man that would make for a husband. That would make for a protector. That would be a man of fidelity. There's something in her. And so she, she gets the man that, you know, society says she should desire. He breaks her. He breaks her. He breaks her. Mm -hmm. She moves on to another relationship. Usually she chooses the same kind of guy. He breaks her. He breaks her. He breaks her. So then finally she comes to a point where she says, maybe I should do something different. But her soul has been so um, fractured and ruptured that she can't even appreciate a healthy man. And so it's in a it's in a situation like that where a hard truth has to be delivered to help her to see that that she may reset the settings of her soul. And, you know, in, in the Bible, there's a term, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And that process of renewing the mind literally speaks of renovating the mind. And a renovation is what? You tear out the stuff that has not served you and you replace it with the stuff that is desired. Every woman, every man, every person at some point has to go through 
an internal, emotional, psychological renovation. For a lot of women, I think what has to happen is we have to pull back from these toxic connections. This does not bring value to you. This is devaluing you. You need to pull back into the solitude of your individuality. You have you need to allow your soul to breathe. A lot of women right now, you don't need another boyfriend. You don't need another man. You need isolation. You need to really ponder the choices, the decisions you've made. And you need to allow your soul to actually heal. Sometimes you got to have you need you need alone and quiet space to allow some things to be remedied. And sometimes I think we think the remedy is by trying to help someone else or trying to fix somebody else. And so if there is a man, Mm, let's say, that is broken, you find sometimes your inkling is to try and help them to fix your own soul. But we all know you obviously can't force someone. And I think your quote is, um, you can't fix a guy's character if they don't have one. No, you cannot. you You can take a man that may not make six figures or seven figures or eight figures and you can get you can get in there and you can help him to elevate his financials he may not be you know um stylish and all that you can bring him down to rodeo drive and buy him some clothes and you know get his hair cut but if you take another guy that has all of that other stuff that superficial stuff in place but he has broken heart he has broken character you got to get beyond the superficial stuff because that stuff is not going to last but 10 or 15 years anyway, you know. But the internals of a man, if a man has the right heart, the right temperament, and he's the right fit for your life, that can be a lifetime, you know. But you can't change. So many women want to change a man. And I guess it's because when women enter into relationships, They give so much. They make such an amazing investment that it's just kind of hard to walk away and think, well, it was a waste, you know? And so they, women tend to try to hold on and buy into the idea that somehow I can change him. I can fix him. I can do what his mother couldn't do. I can do what, you know, the almighty couldn't do. I'm going to change him. You can't change a man. When you're out there trying to build and grow your business, but you have so much going on in other areas of your life, be it with your family or your romantic partner or your homies, whatever else you've got going on, you need to be using the best tools available to save time and actually see growth in your company this year, right? And that's why, guys, I really recommend that you go and check out Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell every stage of your business, whether you're just starting out, selling badass necklaces online, or scaling your high-end beauty products to physical stores. Shopify's got you covered, my homie, and their award-winning customer support is ready to help you at every step of your journey. Because let's face it, when you get stuck, you need help. Now, what I love about Shopify is that you can make the most of your time and sell more with less effort. Who doesn't love that? Now you actually have time for self-care, which, let's face it, is super freaking important. Now, with this built-in AI and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to take your business to the next level. It's actually no surprise, guys, that Shopify powers 10% of all, all e-commerce in the US. 
That's insane. So sign up for only $1 a month trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, go to shopify.com slash Lisa. Now grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Lisa. There is so much confusing and conflicting information out there about what is a healthy diet, right? But my rule of thumb, guys, is that if you focus on eating high-quality animal-based proteins rather than cheaper, over-processed meals with a ton of junk ingredients with long words that you just can't pronounce, then you'll immediately be surprised at how much better and how different you feel. That absolutely is how it was for me, guys, when I was recovering from crippling stomach issues that I wasn't able to eat much at all. And then I found ButcherBox. It was amazing because I could finally eat meat that didn't make me feel sick or bloated or just hunched over in agony. And guys, I'm telling you, I've never looked back. I am their biggest, most avid fan. And that's because ButcherBox's unbelievable high standard qualities in their product is guaranteed. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers the highest quality meats and seafood ships directly to your door. Every month, you can let ButcherBox curate a box of high quality cuts for you, or you can actually customize, if you're like me and very picky, you can customize your box with the exact things and the cuts that you are looking for and prioritize your favorite stuff. So guys, it is actually easy to eat better this year with the best meat and seafood on the freaking planet delivered right to your door. And ButcherBox is right now offering our listeners, that's you guys, your choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for absolutely free in every order for a year. Like, that's so insane. And I'm telling you, I'm so excited about this offer because I truly love the brand. Plus, actually, I got so excited, I forgot to tell you this. You get $20 off your first order. So just give it a try. Click the link in the show notes or go to butcherbox.com slash W-O-I and use code W-O-I to choose your free offer and get $20 off your order right now. When you're working really hard to build the freaking amazing life and career that you want, it's sadly really easy to push your health needs to the back burner. And guys, listen, I totally get it because not all that long ago, that was me. I put everything into my business, everything into my goals and my family. And yep, I totally ignored my own health and wellness. And so I just learned the very hard way that putting your well-being first is actually the key to being a confident unfreaking stoppable badass in everything that you do. So my homie, put yourself first and get mentally and physically strong with Allo Moves, your go-to app for everything from meditation to yoga to strength training to hit and so much more. And I love how Allo Moves has such a wide variety of class types and levels to keep you motivated with whatever you need on your journey. No matter what your path is, it's time to make a move with Allo Moves. So right now, guys, you can go and get a free 30-day Allo Moves subscription by going to allomoves.com and use code WOI30. That's Allo, A-L-O, moves.com, code WOI30 in all caps. Allomoves.com, code WOI30, all caps. The reason why I love it is when I was a teenager, I had an abusive boyfriend. He was verbally abusive to me. He wasn't kind at all. And every so often there would be inklings of nice moments. And I'm like, see, see, he does exist. And then I thought my job was to just make that one little thing that I would see be him all the time. And 
it felt good to me in that moment of trying to help someone, like trying to help someone be a better person actually feels good, right? You're a pastor. That's exactly what you do. And so there's that beauty of trying to do it, but then realizing where sometimes it can be utter detrimental to yourself and to your relationship um, and to the other person. Correct. Um, Nurturers. You know, women are natural nurturers. So when you take something into your bosom, the last thing you want to do is feel like you dropped it. And so there's this, you know, this toxic optimism, this toxic empathy that women have for for men that they feel a certain way about that won't let them, you know, release this and accept it for what it is and move on with life. But there's a point And I think this is why we have to continue to have these conversations because light bulbs go off in the lives of women, in the minds of women, where you have to just accept it for what it is. You know, you've been through this cycle over and over again. He does this. He hurts you. He breaks you. You say, "Okay, I'm done. He comes back and he's greater than ever. And then the cycle goes on. And and you look around and you will have wasted decades of your life. Mm on a situation that uh, you probably should have brought to a close many, many years ago. We use the term fighting for relationships, mm-hmm. you know, and I get it. But Lisa and I would not have lasted 27, 28 years if we had to just constantly fight for this. I mean, if we're ha- having to fight for this all the time, is this really ordained? You know, is are we equally yoked? Should we be together? A relationship shouldn't be a daily fight. It should be, you know, synergy and and joy. And we have moments where we go through things and we work through it. But if you're constantly having the fight and if you're the only one showing up for the fight, this other person is constantly absent, emotionally unavailable, and you're constantly broken and you're depleted, what are you doing here? Mm. This is your life we're talking about. God, that's so true. And talk to me about the power of walking away. In fact, if you don't mind talking to me about Lisa and how she walked away. Oh, that's that's exactly how I talk about it. When a woman has the power to walk away from a man that she loves, but he's not loving her back the right way, she allows the space that is necessary for her heart to heal. More importantly, when a woman can walk away from a man, when you can say to a man, okay, I'm done, I'm out of here. You then give that man the space he needs to gain clarity. Because sometimes access breeds blindness. We're blind to what we have access to. I would liken it to being in New York City at the Empire State Building. If you're right there at the front door, you can't see it (laughs) because you, you have direct access. But the further away you are from it, the more it comes into view. Personal story. We're young in our 20s. We had been dating. Lisa and I had been dating for some years And, you know, I'm trying to figure out if I really want to be married. I had been married and divorced for obvious reasons. I was the problem. You know, I'd never been faithful to a woman. 
And so I was going through this evolution as a man just growing and developing. And so I said to her one day, I don't think I want to get married. I was trying to be respectful. I didn't want to just string her along. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm expecting her to say, well, why? What did I do? Let's work on this. Every other woman, that's what they would have said. Lisa said to me, and I knew Lisa loved me. Lisa said to me, she said, okay. Literally, she said, okay. And we ended the conversation. She never called me back. We had, we had been together for years. I knew she loved me. And so now I'm like, you know, what's going on? And so life is going on, and I'm puzzled by how she could just say, okay. I'm wondering if she ever loved me at this point, though I'm the one that said, you know, I don't think I want to proceed to marriage. So then later, I hear, we hadn't communicated, later I hear that she she's dating somebody else. And this guy is a big league baseball player. He's a multimillionaire. He's physically fit. I'm a little young preacher, broke, overweight. <laughs> and I'm hearing this stuff about she has this boyfriend. And so... You know, people constantly bringing me the information. And I kind of pushed through that. And so one day I went to my mom's house. And my mom asked me, she said, where's Lisa? I said, uh, well, you know, mama kind of told Lisa, I don't think I want to get married. And um, I told her to move on with her life. And my mom said, you're, you're making a fool of yourself. Lisa's your wife. And so then I prayed about it. And I heard God say, Lisa's your wife. So now I got to figure out how do I call Lisa? because she's in this new relationship, and tell Lisa that I feel like she's my wife. Lisa was always in my heart. I, this is the first time I've ever felt like this about a woman. She's the only woman in my life that I've ever been faithful to. And um, so I called her, and she said, yes. And I'm, and I'm trying to figure out, how, how are you leaving a multimillionaire coming back to a little broke preacher? But it goes to something deeper. Our relationship was founded on our friendship and our mutual vision. And so I think that that was something she and I shared that was deeper than all of the superficial things that he might have offered. And so when she came back, it didn't take me long. I said, we're getting married. I, you know, I really, I was very decisive and I had made my mind up, but it was her walking away. That's the point that gave me the clarity that this woman is my life's partner. The walking away part, when I heard that story, it was so beautiful. And I start to process, okay, it's so hard for so many people to walk away because we have attachments for many def different reasons. Correct. But if you can just tell yourself, and maybe I understand it's not this easy, no matter what, though, if he doesn't want me, I will walk away. And look, your story ends beautifully, right? You go back. Yes. That isn't guaranteed. But either way, her walking away was the thing that she needed to do for herself, for her self-esteem, for her own um, uh, ego, right? For her to um, be able to, for her own power. And then there's one more final piece is that, this is a little controversial, but it's honest. Being thirsty isn't sexy. It's not. 
Now, I like hungry, right? Being hungry for a healthy relationship right. can be beautiful. Being hungry right. for a better business can be beautiful. Being thirsty, to me, isn't attractive. And so now when someone is begging you to be with them, if they're accepting your bad behavior, the person respects you less because thirsty isn't attractive. It's not. And, and when you when you think about it, um, this is the first woman in my life that ever walked away from me. And she did testify later that her heart was broken. She yeah. did cry, like yeah. all of those things. But she put her self-respect above her desire for some idea mm. of a relationship um, with me. To the thirsty part, think about it like this. Even a woman is not attracted to a man that accepts her bad behavior. She, she loses respect and loses attraction to that man. A husband is not attracted to a woman that would beg because a woman that would beg is not a wife in his mind. A wife is a woman that sets a certain standard, holds to it, and demands that I meet her at that level. That's what I discovered when she walked away from me. Mm. I said, this is my wife, you know, and it's just real. Thank you for saying that. By the way, I can't believe that it, I didn't dawn on me to say, but 100%, like, I don't find thirstiness mm -hmm. attractive in a guy. Either side. As well, yeah. Either side. Yeah, and I think that that's important to really you state. Know, when you think about men, there's a difference between pursuing a woman versus chasing a woman. A man that pursues a woman, he, he reads her energy, he respectfully, you know, communicates his, his desires, his intentions, and he doesn't go any further than, you know, he serves, she serves back. He doesn't go any further than she's responding. He pursues, she approves. When she stops approving, he stops pursuing. A man that chases a woman, he has no regard for boundaries. He's, he's not reading her energy. And, you know, he's, he's over the top. Woman will never have respect for that man. Mm, that is so true. You're a thousand percent right. And again, I think some people are going to push back, but I'm just like, Correct. it's true. Like I have dated all sorts. So after I'd been in that um, emotionally abusive relationship, I flipped and went the other way, right? I'm just going to get like, and I know a lot of women say this, find someone that loves you more than you love them. That's the worst advice ever. And vice versa, by the way, I, the, I would advise that if a guy said that it's terrible advice. Correct. Correct. Um, and so I, I went too far in the opposite direction and I found a man or a boy. I mean, I was, you know, 17, 18 at the time, I found a guy who was the yes person and he was very sweet and he would just do anything for me. And what happened was I just abused it in the way where right. I just took advantage of it. Right. And then now I did lose respect for him. And it's horrible for me to say, trust me, this doesn't make me feel good about myself, but it's true. And so I think that beautiful dynamics happen where you both show each other respect and you both show each other boundaries. Correct. That you can't be pushed around no matter what gender you are. Correct. And even today, you know, um, I'm 58 years old today. Lisa's in her 50s. Because we both demanded respect, mm -hmm. we set those boundaries. We've never breached those boundaries. I've never... Um, swore or cursed at my wife. I've never handled my wife aggressively, never disrespectfully. She's never handled me that way. It's because the way you start is the way you, you finish. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe our, you know, we, we're, we're more in love now than we ever 
we've ever been. And it's because we started on a place from a place of friendship and respect. And that's, you know, that's lifelong. That that goes the distance. And so I would finally say, you know, when you get through with all of the superficial stuff, make certain that you have a firm self-love. If you don't know who you are, you really don't know who fits into your future. Firm self-love, know your purpose, wait on the right person, learn to be happy and fulfilled as an individual, that you might be patient. Don't buy into the hype. Well, you're this age, you're that age, you should be desperate, you should just cave in. No such thing. You can live a full and whole and complete life as an individual if the right partner never finds you. But if you do your personal work, you will attract what you are. Talk to me then about, so the power of walking away, Lisa was very, you know, like, it's like, okay, cool, leaves you. But you've spoken about how sometimes guys will then um, manipulate you or gaslight you. Talk to me about the behavior and why sometimes it is very hard for us to walk away, even Correct. when we realize it's not healthy for us. Correct. Because, you know, I've been I've been doing this this thing on studying narcissism because my community has really been impacted by narcissistic men. Mm. And so, again, no mental health professional here, but have done some study, had a lot of conversations about it. Well, when, when, when a woman is dealing with, a woman in particular is dealing with a narcissistic uh, lover, well, he has a way of reeling you back in. He has a way of, you know, just hanging around. I think they called it hoovering. And he has a way of love bombing you, just becoming, kind of going back to what you, you were talking about earlier, you know, just becoming everything you ever imagined. And you, you buy into this, uh, this, what I call toxic nostalgia, mm. where, where you, uh, you, you're so reminded of the best times. It washes out the realities of the trauma and the bad times. And so a lot of women are constantly reeled back into these situations. And this, again, is why I believe mental health professionals say that no contact is a must. And when we say no contact, we mean social media, phone, email, smoke signal, whatever. You have to do whatever you must to keep the distance between you and this individual because you have to respect the fact that this person has a certain, still has a certain psychological hold on you. And if you don't maintain the distance, grow out of this and heal from this, you will constantly be drawn back into the cycle over and over and over again. And here's the worst thing about um, being caught up in situations like that is that the wrong person preoccupies your life. So technically, you are off the market. And I liken it to, it's almost like God has designed, uh, God has said, I'm going to send you a Bentley. But every time the Bentley passes around, the broke down wreck of a car is in the space. You got to keep the space open for the right man to find and to fill that space. Mm. 
And so I think that's one of the greater tragedies of a woman that gets caught up in a situation where, you know, a man just keeps circling and drawing her back in. He he's he's made you unavailable for the right kind of man, the right love mm. that ultimately is seeking to find you. The, the available piece is really interesting. You said it earlier, I didn't want to interrupt you, and I'm conflicted by it, which I'd love to talk about. Like giving yourself, um, I, I, what was the phrase that you use? Giving people access to you mm-hmm. um, is a form, like it can build resentment. So talk to me actually about that, because um, I can I can see that it would be useful to give your partner access to you, right? Because if you're standoffish, now they're going to feel it. But too much access to the wrong person correct. can be toxic. So how do you correct. start to navigate those two correct, things? Correct, correct, correct. Well, you, you know, I, I think it's like um, it's like your home, you know? There are people that can access your front door, your gate, delivery people. But, you know, you had better not come beyond the front door to step. There are people that can come from the front door into the living part of your home. There are other people who have proven and the relationship is at a level that can have access to your bedroom. And so I think we have to qualify people for the different dimensions of access in our lives and not become so excited or enamored by the optics that we don't bring a person through the proper testings Mm. to prove that, see, a man should prove that he's earned certain levels of access. And I think this is where we're breaking down today. We're, We're giving, women are giving men too much access too fast. Now I'm said to be old fogey, Oh, he's a religious guy, you know, so they push back on me, but I, I, I just don't believe that. What are they pushing back on, if you don't mind me asking? I, I, I just think women should slow up with giving men too much sexual access. Mm. And a lot of women, you know, this is a different day and age, and I, I respect that. A lot of women push back on that. Um, a woman cannot use her sexuality like relational currency. And we use currency to, you know, to exchange for what we want, right? Well, today, a lot of women are giving men sexual access, thinking that that exchange is going to end in a commitment or a relationship. I think women have to go back and understand the value that they are and really reassess how much access should I give a man? How soon should I? In fact, it's not even giving him access. It's him earning access, proving. Sometimes we're giving Mm. things away that have to be earned. Okay, I now thoroughly understand. I'm conflicted, and here's, in fact, I'm not conflicted. I think a woman's body is her own. So if you want to give it away, go ham. It's your body. Yeah. But I want to make sure people hear what you're saying because they're trying to dismiss you by saying, but why shouldn't a woman be able to if a guy can? I think a woman should be able to. And that's the, hopefully the blessing of today's society. But what you're saying, and I think people need to hear this because they cannot dismiss it, is that if you're looking for a long-term relationship Correct. 
And you use getting in the bedroom as a method to get into a long-term committed relationship. It ain't going to work, homie. It's not going to work. Yes. And And that's what I'm saying. Yes, exactly. If if you're just a person that, you know, that's the way you want to rock, that's you. I'm preaching. I can accept that because, you know, to each his own. But if if your end game is, you know, uh, I want a lifelong partner, committed marriage I don't the, the sexual route is just not it. A man should prove himself into the inner chambers of your life. Honestly, Artie, I love about your message because it is very honest. And I worry about today's society that everyone's becoming very polarizing on one Correct. side or the other. And the truth is, is that there are certain things that even when I was listening to you triggered me a little. But then I was like, but what's what's he actually saying? Right. Like maybe the words that I've been brought up Correct. where it's like submissive, right? That word Correct. is freaking triggering. Correct. But it's like, well, hang on a minute. Instead of me getting my wall up, what do you actually mean by being submissive? And is there value to this? And I worry that what people are doing are dismissing you by saying you're old school. And now everyone's trying to become the same. And then in everyone trying to become the same, there isn't that dance anymore to going back to something we said right at the beginning, right? Where it's like, if it's a tango, who's leading? Correct. Correct. And so I I think that we have to be open, you know, like as as a black Southern preacher, I'm, I'm having to be open to this younger generation. There are a lot of things that from my generational context, my... Um, social context, I don't necessarily understand or agree with, but I think the, you know, the outcomes we're all looking for is just a healthier society. Mm-hmm. And that's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying from my perspective, which is not perfect. I don't know everything. I'm not right about everything. I'm learning from people as I go. My language is evolving as I go. But at the end of the day, I just want the best for you. And I hear that, um, but I really appreciate these open conversations because even in what we're saying, I think people right now, it's very polarizing, like we already said, but that it's a gender-specific thing. And the feminine and masculine that you said earlier was a beautiful breakdown. And to be honest, I'm not even talking about like gender specific but so for instance let me share something with you my mum has been married to another woman for 22 years now Mm. but even in their marriage one of them has more of a feminine energy and the other one has more of a masculine energy and if they both came to a relationship exactly the same it wouldn't work and so with what you're saying i just go hey if you're looking for a masculine partner correct then Adopting a masculine behavior may have, um, may be problematic for you. Correct. Um, correct but people, correct. again, yeah. So you've just mentioned the one thing that a lot of women push back on. What other things are women pushing back on where they're seeing it as maybe an offense, but you're trying to show, like, really get the message across? Um, women are pushing back on the sex piece. You know, women feel like they mm. should be. Uh, more sexually free. But my message again is always, if this is the outcome you're looking for, that might not be the best route. Uh, the submission piece, you know, that's, that's a trigger. That's a trigger for, for a lot of women. And the thing that I think I get the most pushback on is that a woman, I, I kind of lean in the direction that a woman has to move beyond her type. And she has to really go deeper um, to 
search for a man that is her kind, I probably get the most pushback on that. Women want, when they think in, in terms of choosing a man, they want a certain physical type. They want a certain man that's making a certain amount of money. And it goes back to some of the things we've already talked about. Um, you can have all of these superficial things, but if the core is not there, it's not going to necessarily be sustainable. And so I'm saying, well, if on a scale of one to 10, you're saying I, I want a man that's an eight or a nine in my eyes, maybe you should scale the physical piece back to a six and, and look for a man that's an eight or a nine in terms of his character. That's a hard message to get over. Women want the kind of man they want a six foot tall, six figures, and yeah. Do men do the same thing? Absolutely. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You know that. (laughs) That's where women learned it from. (laughs) Okay, so tell me then, why is it detrimental for a woman and not detrimental for the guy? It is detrimental for the guy. You know, it's just that... um, I think the consequences for a woman with the feminine makeup of her soul are are just more immediate. Men, we usually realize that we have faltered later in life. You know, 50 years old, we start looking around, we realize, you know, maybe we have a bunch of kids, but we don't have relationships with them. We don't have a a marriage. We don't have a woman to, to really help us in a season when we probably need more help. Men usually realize the error of their ways later. Mm-hmm. Women tend to be impacted earlier. You know, you have children for this individual. You knew his character was bad when you got with him. And so now you have children. He's a horrible father. You know, he, he won't finance the children. You have, Now you're tied up with this man for the next 20 years. So the impact for women is, is just more immediate. But it's, it's, it's negative on both sides. I actually really do also empathize with men because I've heard you talk about um, how it's difficult that if you've been a man that has maybe been a dog in the past, right? You've been bad to women, you've cheated on them, et cetera. And now you've seen the error of your ways. You've worked on yourself. You become a really good human. And now you approach women who have been stung by the dogs like who used to be. But they won't give you another chance now. And now they just look down on you. They treat you badly. Correct. So for all the women listening, how can women help men who are, um, I think you call them reformed dogs. Um, How can (laughs) us women help reformed dogs and not be shut off to them, but still protecting ourselves because we have been hurt in the past? I think listening, you know, um, and, and bringing conversation back, you know, sometimes the... Sometimes the um, energy of an initial connection moves to things that are um, not important, you know, like trying to sexualize the moment, trying to impress one another. When I think a woman, the best thing a woman can do for a man is to ask him questions that he might be able to unpack his soul, especially if he's a man that is coming across as sincere. I think that's going to be one of the first signs that he is sincere is that he's not going to run from your questions. Your questioning is going to do a few things. It's going to be therapeutic for him to be able to 
talk about, you know, things that he probably uh, has never communicated to woman. And it's also going to uh, relieve the woman of questions that she might have relative to, you know, is he safe? Should I proceed? Really bringing bringing the connection back to a, um, a cerebral, soulish level as opposed to a surface, superficial kind of connection. You're not going to really learn much about a man as long as it's just in the club and the dresses and everything and you it's all sexualized. Create moments with a man that you you might have some interest in. And maybe he has some issues from his past that he's overcoming. Create moments where you can dig into his heart and you can allow him to express. Because we as men, we don't naturally express. And so when a woman gives us an opportunity, without judgment, you know, to really unpack a lot of the things we're thinking and feeling, it creates a bond. It creates a healing. Uh, it creates a connection. It creates an understanding. And now the relationship can be built on mutual understanding and openness and, and honesty. Mm-hmm. A man being able to be honest with a woman that won't judge him is one of the most healing experiences a man can have. My wife knows everything about me and she still loved me. She knows the good, the bad, the ugly. She knows things about me nobody else in the world knows. Mm -hmm. And she still loves me. She has been my greatest source of healing, you know, because she saw me at my worst. She could hear me. She could understand me and feel me. And I never felt judged. I never felt um, like she was looking down on me. So I would say that that is probably paramount. Creating an environment where he can talk, letting him talk. It's going to give you an insight to his soul. It's going to bring healing to him. And it's also going to strengthen his emotional intelligence muscle. Mm. Because men that have lived a life like that are usually out of touch emotionally, not comfortable with tapping into emotion and, you know, very little emotional availability. There's this hard shell that we kind of create. But when a woman creates an environment where she, she's really digging into a man's soul, it breaks that shell open and it reveals the beauty that's in that man's heart. Because nobody's beyond redemption. Mm-hmm. I love that. So if you've done that and you're really giving him space to be honest, to be open. Um, I assume then the actions that they take are also going to be super important. And I've heard you list a few of the things that's like, if they do this, then it's a sign that they actually want to make that commitment. So if you don't mind breaking down a few of those, because again, I think that I don't blame anyone who really wants a beautiful relationship. And Correct. sometimes in that want, you can, you said it earlier, right? You, you can be blind to certain things that maybe you do want to see or you don't want to see. Correct. So what do you think are some indications that actually these are signs that someone really wants to commit? And if they're, if you've got an idea of a guy um, uses me or whatever, Correct. these are signs that they're not. A man that is really, you know, sincerely interested and is not just running game, he's not going to push the sexual issue. 
Now, he may be attracted to you, but he's not going to push. He's going to follow your lead. He's not going to push that issue. He's going to be really interested in answering your questions thoroughly. He's going to be interested in asking you questions about yourself. He's going to be amazingly consistent. And so slowing the pace because a guy that can be consistent, patient, and respect your rhythm, your pace as a woman, those are some great indicators. He's going to talk a lot about um, the future, what what the potential, um, what life can look like between us. He's going to really want to know about um, your vision, your dreams. It's going to just, it's going to be totally different. No manipulation, mm. no sense of control. The energy is going to be very healthy and calm and peaceful. He's going to feel like your safe space, not like you're rushed, you know, not like you're um, being managed, but heard and seen. Energy doesn't lie. You're going to feel heard and seen by this guy. And again, he's going to respect your pace and he's going to be consistent. Uh, those were amazing. And then there's one thing that you've mo- you said multiple times in this interview um, is the future thing. And I've actually heard you say mm. that, you, you know, people choose almost for the now, but they don't necessarily Correct. choose for where they want to go. Correct. Talk to me about that. That was fascinating. You're bringing up some great questions. <laughs> I'm glad, you, I'm glad you're asking. You've got some great content there. When I married... My wife, when I married Lisa, Lisa was like the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen, you know, amazing. But we dated for years. Um, I was extremely attracted to her sexually. But I still said, I, I don't think I want to be married. When I made up my mind that Lisa actually was my wife, I was not thinking about being a 20-some-year-old kid at that time, late 20s, her being, you know, beautiful or me being sexually attracted, I was thinking about my future. I was really analyzing, playing over in my mind, her character, her intellect, her, her persona, and how that would play out in my future. I had an amazing vision of my future. And when I thought about Lisa, I said, this is my friend. We, we share vision and she's the greatest purpose partner I can imagine. She fits my future. I was really thinking two or three decades down the line. I was already in 2023 and this was in 1995. <laughs> and so I think people listening should really try your best to choose mates that fit your future. That when you think of where you're going, this person is ideal for who I know I'm going to be. And then also doing the work, having the conversations to be certain that this person has the vision, the aptitude, the willingness to take the journey with you. Because we evolve, you know, over the last 27 years, Lisa and I have changed seven, eight times Mm -hmm. probably were new people, different people, but we've always been on the ride together and we've evolved together. We've grown together. So we never woke up at a point where we couldn't find each other. Mm. 
because we took the journey together. And I think it's it's probably been the greatest um, factor in the success of our relationship. And I don't I don't measure a relationship as being successful because of years. Mm. Happy years. Precisely. Mm-hmm. Happy years. You know, so she and I have been married 27 years happily. <laughs> I love that. And I didn't want to stop you, but oh my God, purpose partner. Dude, that's so strong. You ha- you found a purpose partner. Purpose partner. That's so strong. And that's what you have. Yeah. But in, in, I didn't think of it like that, but you're 100% right. And when Tom, um, when we started to talk about like, are we going to be together forever? The thing that I thought of, and it may be morbid to some people, it was actually really enlightening for me. It was like, okay, because I plan for my marriage to be forever, do I envision, I'm like kind of closing my eyes, right? Do I envision when I'm on my deathbed at like 99 years old, who's holding my hand? Correct. And I was like, I want it to be him. And Correct. that was where I realized it's the future. It's the future. And are they the person that can evolve with me and understand who I am today and what my purpose is and then support that? Because a lot of couples I noticed, once you got the ring on the finger, right? It's like, oh, well, now I expect you to be completely different. And I know that you were very ambitious before, but now that you've got a ring on the finger, I expect Correct. you to be home at 6 p.m. every night. And that was one of the discussions Tom and I spoke about very early on. We didn't have the words to it as purpose partner, but it was exactly that in that, like, he's driven, he was goal-oriented, he has massive dreams. And I was like, this is what I find attractive. So I'm like, I'm on board, right? Yeah. But it's like that won't change even if I get older. It may, I don't know, but I have to be prepared for that. And then thinking through what that future looks like and are they right for you then? Oh, it's so strong. Correct, correct. You know, that's why the work of individuality is so important. Mm. Because I was completely and totally prepared to live my life as an individual. I was happy, I was fulfilled. I was on track with my own vision. But when I got the inclination that life is just going to be better with this girl, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like 10xing life. When mm-hmm. you get the right person, it's like your life is amazing, should be amazing as an individual. But when you get the right purpose partner and the two of you come together for real, not just for optics or for Instagram, it, it 10xes your life. Everything just goes to the next dimension. Thank you so I literally could talk to you forever. This has been so amazing. You do incredible videos. You talk about this stuff all the time. Where can people find you and all the amazing things you're putting out? If they go to YouTube, they can find me at R.C. Blakes Jr. My website is rcblakes.com. And I'm all over the social media world (laughs) at R.C. Blakes. Working to be confident and freaking badass can be very difficult. Now, I get it, guys. I get it. Kicking ass and taking names takes energy. But when it comes to micronutrients, you're like, wait, how much vitamin B do I need? It can be a daily freaking struggle to figure out and meet that perfect nutrition balance that you need to feel strong, focused and energized, which of course are all the things you need to become a freaking confident badass. So it's time to arm your body with every nutrient it absolutely deserves with AG1. Now, if you're a long-time listener, you might know that I've actually been supporting AG1 for many years now. And that's because AG1 is a foundational nutrition supplement that supports your body's universal needs like gut optimization, stress management, and immune support. Since 2010, AG1 has led the future of foundational nutrition, continuously refining their formula to create a smarter, better way to elevate your baseline health. So if you want to take ownership of your life, 
That actually means you have to take ownership over your health. And it all starts, guys, with AG1. So, guys, go and try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go now to drinkag1.com slash Lisa. That's drinkag1.com slash Lisa. Go check it out. What up, my homie? First, I just want to actually thank you. Like from the bottom of my heart, sincerely, absolutely thank you for your support, your support for me, your support for the show, Women of Impact. Like you have no actual idea how much this really means to me when I had that original vision of what I wanted to do and no one was listening. So thank you. Thank you for being here and actually supporting other women along this journey. And I'm going to be honest, if you actually want to level up your confidence game, my homie, then check out Women of Impact's subscription channel. It's specifically designed to help you in every aspect that you're looking for. Now, here's what you get. You get new episodes delivered ad-free. You get exclusive access to listen to Women of Impact roundtable discussions, weekly motivation, previously unreleased episodes, and that's just the beginning. Subscriber only access to an additional four podcasts with hundreds of archived Women of Impact episodes meticulously, meticulously curated into theme playlists and updated weekly so that you get the dose that you need. So if you're looking to boost your confidence, then go and check out the Get Confidence playlist. If you want to repair, heal or start a relationship, then go check out Love Lab. And if you're wondering how you get your health back on track so that you can keep showing up to have the confidence that you're looking for, then go check out Health Hub. And of course, this wouldn't be complete without my weekly boost of mini motivations from moi. That's right. It'll have you strutting down the street with your head held high, feeling like a freaking badass. And guess what the playlist is called? the badass boost of course so guys don't settle for mediocrity when you can absolutely be extraordinary so guys subscribe to women of impact channel today on apple Podcasts or supercast but no matter where you're listening guys whether it's apple podcast spotify amazon music or any other platform make sure you're following so you don't miss out on other episodes and don't forget to check out the show notes for more information on this episode our incredible sponsors and upcoming events